How smart are you? Are you smart enough to set the right kinds of goals? Today, we are going to talk about goal setting that can change your life. Welcome to Adulting, the podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv. Welcome to Adulting. I am Harlan Landis. I am here with Miranda Marquette. How are you, Miranda? I'm doing really well. I'm sitting, well, I'm right here with you. It's fantastic. Oh, hi. There you are. Yay! <laughs> this is our last episode that we get to record in person together. All right. For a while, anyway. Okay, and we're going to talk today about goals. Yay. Smart goals, in fact. Well, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, okay. I mean, the reality is, is life has more meaning when there's something to work toward. So figuring out what you want from life isn't quite enough, even though that helps. You need to have an idea of how to get there. And that's where we set goals, right? Well, I think we set goals all over the place. I think it's more important to have broad, life-changing goals than it is to focus on some of these things that we call smart goals that, you know, starts off in corporate productivity seminars and things like that and teach you how to be efficient workers and provide good value to your employer. I mean, that's what SMART goals are about, really. And I actually agree with you on that basis as as far as when I look at the overarching things that I find important in my life, I'm more about setting targets for how I want my life to look and what kinds of things I want involved with my life. If I'm going to use a SMART goal, it's going to be a very narrow, focused goal that's something that I know is going to be a finite thing that I'm just trying to get something out of the way. It's about productivity. And, and right. you know, productivity is well and good, but, I mean, that isn't all there is to life. But let's go ahead. I mean, we've mentioned SMART goals. We're talking about SMART goals real quick. Let's go ahead and give our listeners a rundown of what are SMART goals. Well, I'm sure many listeners have heard this before, but, you know, it's it's good to just put this out there for those of you who might be hearing about this concept of, of SMART goals for the first time. And so SMART is an acronym where each letter of the word SMART stands for something, another great corporate Employee Productivity Mnemonic Device is an acronym. The S stands for specific, and that means that the goals should be about a very limited focus. What's an example of something that's specific? Yeah, so we write about money a lot. Well, I write about more money more than you do these days, but it's not just about, hey, I want to save money. It's about how much money am I going to save? So your specific goal is, I would like to save $5,000 for this thing. So like my goal, my specific goal would be, I would like to save $5,000 for the Viking River cruise that I'm going on with my son next summer. Okay. That, that's a specific goal. The way you describe specific actually ties into the M as well. Um, M is measurable. Anything that you, any goal that you set in this framework has to be something that can be measured because otherwise, if you can't measure it, how do you know if you are meeting this goal or not? So saving money, um, saving a certain amount of money, say $500 a month, 
That is something you can measure by looking at your bank accounts and your spending activity and whether you write it down on pencil and paper or you track it in Quicken or personal capital or any other piece of software, including pen and paper. You need to be able to measure your progress against the goal. If it's something that's not measurable, then it's generally ineffective for this type of goal. I like how we're, we're going to be qualifying this because neither, neither of us are really like totally into SMART goals. But anyway, the next, <laughs> the next thing is it's supposed to be achievable. The A stands for achievable. It's about being realistic and saying, hey, I want to, this is me. I would like to lose 20 pounds by next month. Well, that is not going to happen. I am not going to be losing five pounds a week for the next four weeks. It's just not realistic. Uh, so it's got to be achievable. So whether you're talking about money, your career, your relationships, you need to be realistic about what you can actually get done in this framework, in this framework. And achievability, you, you may be surprised at how much actually is achievable, but you do have to be realistic about it. There's no point in setting a goal that's so easy to reach that you don't really benefit from doing that. But also there's no point in setting a goal that, that is so beyond the realm of possibility that you're just going to frustrate yourself when you do miss it. Or, you know, if you have a habit of setting unachievable goals, you know, that you just miss the point of making progress in the first place. And the next thing is that it's supposed to be relevant in the SMART goal framework. So you need to, does this goal matter to you? And this, this is actually probably my very favorite if we're pulling out SMART goals and looking at this framework, this is actually my favorite part of this. Is, is it relevant? Does the goal matter to you? Will it help you move forward in your life? Because this relevancy can apply to bigger goals that we're going to talk about a little bit later. But is it relevant? And is it going to help you in your life? And is it going to help you move forward? And, and, and does it make sense for you? And this is actually my favorite thing just for that reason. I like this part of smart goals. Okay. The relevancy. All right. Yeah, no, I think I think it's always important to have uh, relevancy and for smart goals, it's important also for the goals to be time bound. So there is a time limit placed on these goals or at least a guideline that tells you um, you know, I I think it's great to say, uh, you know, I want to have a certain level of productivity in my job. I want to make, uh, you know, $5,000 in sales. Okay, that's that's great. But is it going to take you a year to do that? Or is it going to take you half of a day to do that? Having the time bound aspect of the goal makes it something where you, you remove this ambiguous flexibility so that reaching the goal actually means something. Yeah, and that's a really good point. And and once again, going back to making it achievable, when you're setting your time-bound goal, you do need to make sure that the time frame makes sense. So when I say, oh, I want to lose 20 pounds, well, I'm not going to be able to do that in a month. I mean, technically speaking, my body could probably do it, but realistically, I'm just not going to do what it takes. And so uh, my time-bound goal would probably be more along the lines of, hey, I'm going to try and lose 20 pounds in four months instead of one month. And I think it's important if, we're, if you're going to make SMART goals to make them meaningful in a way that pushes you to achieve higher than you would expect yourself to. If you're not reaching for your goal, then it's not, it's not all that meaningful when, when you make it. You know, that goes back to achievable again, but 
you want it to be achievable, but not easily achievable. Otherwise, it's a meaningless goal and you won't feel motivated by reaching it. You know, you'll just, you're, if you're just doing what you're doing anyway, what's the point in setting that goal? Yeah, and that brings us to the next question when we're talking about what's the point in setting that goal. The question is, what are some of the problems with SMART goals? Do they actually suck? Well, I don't really like SMART goals. I'll just go on the record and say that. I think they serve a purpose, and that purpose is usually... um, Make more widgets? Make more widgets. It's, It's how companies convince their employees that they have to be more efficient. The efficiency of an employee is a great benefit to the company, not necessarily to the employee. SMART goals is kind of born out of this management idea of how to get the most out of your human resources, which is fine. And any any company owner is going to know this, and they're going to want to make the most out of any investment that they have, whether it's their human resources or whether it's, you know, their capital that they spend. Um, so, that's that's just a reality of business. Human resources are quantifiable, and you you get the most out of your investment by encouraging things like smart goals and encouraging management to get you know get people to think about their um, their work in an efficient manner. I think there are things that we can take from smart goals and apply them to our lives, but I don't think it's it's certainly not as important as a lot of people say it is um, for, you know, personal growth. And I agree with you about the personal growth factor. And I, But I, I do think that there is a place for uh, setting goals around this sort of smart framework when you have, as I was saying earlier, kind of a finite goal that you're working for. If you have something that you really want done and that's, you know, like getting out of debt, for instance. If you're saying, I, I want to pay off, you know, my $10,000 in credit card debt, and I'd like to pay it off by next year, you know, by in, in a year, in 12 months, a smart goal framework can really kind of help you map that out and map out a plan for exactly how much you're going to pay toward your debt each month and how long you're going to be doing it and help you see what you need to do to make that happen. So I can I can see the value in something like that. But as far as finding your purpose in life and working toward those bigger goals that help you actually develop as a human being, I have a hard time with smart goals. Yeah, and I'm not even sure I completely agree with you on the finite things like getting out of debt. We are getting into it now. <laughs> because uh, yeah, there's this assumption that everything that that you, like, I'm I'm all for taking control of your money and um and making um making decisions that move you in the right direction. And I think that's important, and I think it's important to set goals and to track what you are doing. However, we can get so hung up on the idea of setting these measurable, specific goals for things like getting out of debt that we forget that there are things that are beyond our control in life. So why do we need to beat ourselves up over not making some arbitrary intermediate target that we set for ourselves? And it really, it generally is arbitrary. I mean, why are we trying to reduce our debt by $500 this month. Why not a thousand? Why not a hundred? It's, I mean, we either are factors that we think about, but it's arbitrary. It's an arbitrary decision. And then when we don't make that goal, because, um, you know, junior had to go to the hospital and we haven't gotten to the point where we have an emergency fund yet. 
we can't beat ourselves up. We can't penalize ourselves for not making those goals that we set um, because we there, there, there are things that happen beyond our control. And smart goals do not take that into account. And people are, you know, pe- people feel bad when they don't make these arbitrary goals they set for themselves. And it can be demoralizing and demotivating. And it can be a danger to the larger picture. Well, I agree to a certain extent, but I, I see smart goals for these specific purposes as more of a tool. And I think part of the issue is, like you said, I mean, people can feel demoralized when they don't hit it every time or they don't stay exactly on track. I think part of keeping that in check is saying, okay, uh, let's take a step back and say, all right, there are some things out of our control that we can't, that that might prevent us from staying, okay, you know, being so rigid. I don't think that you need to make SMART goals be rigid. If you're going to have SMART goals for a specific purpose, you could say, all right, we may need to step back. We need to, do, to revise the goal. We need to re- maybe we need to revise the time frame. Maybe we need to revise some of these things just because life has got in the way. And so I think one of the problems you have, whether you're setting SMART goals or any other kind of goal, because even a big goal, even a, an aspirational goal that doesn't have all of these characteristics that we see with SMART goals, you can still be so rigid in your pursuit of that that you forget to make room for changes in your life or changes in your philosophy or changes in your situation. So I think anytime you're rigidly adhering to anything is when you start running into those problems. It's not just SMART goals. And I think that if you are going to use SMART goals uh, to accomplish some specific things, you do need to make sure that you accompany that with a certain amount of flexibility and say, okay, this is a tool that I can use to help me make a general roadmap, but it doesn't always mean that I have to stick to them, you know, exactly all the time. But SMART goals by design are made to be fairly rigid. Well, whether that's by design or not, I don't think that you have to say, oh, well, just because so-and-so said SMART goals have to be this way, I can still adapt them for my life. I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, yeah, I, I. I think, I think the process and the theory behind smart goals is that they are somewhat rigid, and because otherwise, you. I mean, what's the point of setting a goal if you're just going to adapt it and change it? Now we've talked about it, adapt uh, adaptability and how important that is. Smart goals are the designed. You can see through the acronym and the words that they use it is designed to be antithetical to adaptability. You are not supposed to adapt around these goals. These are supposed to be what is set, what you're setting for yourself, and you're going to make those goals and judge yourself based on your achievement of those goals. I refuse to do that. Well, that, that's fine. I mean, I think that's great because that's not that's that's a better way to, you know, create goals for your life, but that is not the smart system. I know it's not the smart system, but I'm I I one of the things I've learned in the, in the last couple of years is there's a lot of stuff you're supposed to do under whatever system you're trying at. And I and I'm a really for, I'm a cherry picker. I'm a firm believer that you look at a system like this and say, "Okay, what's going to work for me?" and now I'm going to adapt it. And even even though maybe whoever came up with smart goals were like, "Well, we're not going to this is supposed to be rigid and it's not supposed to be really truly adaptable. Uh, I think we're all humans. We're all works in progress. And there's always going to be change, no matter what goal you set for yourself and wherever you're going. Uh, And you need to be ready for that. Well, that's fine. Let's just get that message out. Because when smart goals are taught to people, 
the intent is that they are they are rigid and mostly inflexible. Right. So don't worry about it so much. And do much. something better. So let's talk about something better now. <laughs> what is a better way? Let's let's move on from this smart goal thing. We're getting heated, but uh, <laughs> let's let's move on from that. And, and what's a better way? What is one of the better ways to set goals? Uh, well, I like going from the top down. I think uh, you look at your life, you know, as a big picture. What what are, what are your big picture goals? What would make you happy in life? What would make you feel complete? What are your values? What's important to you? And any goals that you make. Any goals, um, and especially if you're really looking to change your life, which is the purpose of this episode, let's figure out what you want those values to be and tie some lifelong goals. And then, you know, forget about time bound, forget about relevant because everything's relevant to your life. I forget about achievable because why bother doing something if it's something that's easy? You know what I mean? I mean, all right, so you, you can go out and, and do something amazing with your life. There are people out there who do that sort of thing and, you know, they have one purpose to their life and they go and do it. And, and um, you know, there's no reason that any one of our listeners or you, Miranda, or me can't be a person like that and do something amazing with our life. That would never be considered achievable if we wrote it down. And it, this is, it's just this big picture. And then once you kind of get the big picture idea of what your, what your big life goals are, then you can break it down into, you know, things that will get you there. But, you know, again, life is a windy path. Eh? You just never know where you're going to end up and being flexible and adapting and changing and being willing to listen to people and listen to whatever whatever happens around you and, and make changes, I think, is more important than goal setting. Yeah, and I think that's a good point to kind of look at that big picture and, and say, uh, do I want to do amazing things with my life? And I think it's important to realize, too, that when you're talking about I want to do amazing things with my life, that doesn't mean necessarily that you have to run out and find some world changing thing uh, or become super famous or whatever it is you think amazing. And if you want to do those things, that's fine, too. But I, I like this idea of just saying, uh, what makes my life worthwhile? What do I want to accomplish with my life? And whether that's, hey, I would I would just like to make Bonneville County the best damn county in Idaho. I mean, there's something that you can do and it may not be super achievable, but it's something to work toward and fill your life with purpose. Yeah, I, and I think that purpose comes from finding something bigger than yourself to focus on. And that can certainly be your town or your, your city or your state or your country or the world. It doesn't matter as long as it's bigger than yourself. Yeah, or, or even just your, your kids. I know lots of people who, you know, their big goal in life is, is to say, hey, I would like my children to be contributing members of society to make who make the world a better place. And you know, that's a worthy goal, too. I suppose. I mean, I think that's every parent's goal. I don't <laughs> think that's like a unique thing that people need to strive especially for, because that's what everybody, every, we would hope that everybody's doing that with their children. I mean, of course, there are some parents who don't. That's that's a whole other issue. But what I'm saying is we like to say that, oh, just, you know, my my life goal is just to leave a mark on the world through bringing up great children. And I don't think that's enough. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it. I mean, in, t- in terms of... I, I, think, I think it I think, is. I Moms, all, you are enough. I think, I think we all have the capability of 
really affecting this world in a positive way beyond our families. And, um, and some of us do without even knowing it. And, uh, and that's great too. Um, and I think a lot of people who say I have no goals aside from bringing up great children are probably doing good things in the world that they're just, they just aren't recognizing at the moment. But I think all of us do have some sort of maybe not obligation, but we have the capability of, of being more effective in this world and having a big impact. We might not all agree on what kind of impact is good. Um, and you know, whether it's an ideological difference or political difference or, or anything like that. But I, I really think that we have to look a little bit outside of ourselves and our family in order to have, you know, in order to be worthy of our place in the world, so to speak. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, no. So, so how do you then nar- start narrowing things down? I mean, we, we've talked a little bit about have these big aspirational goals, but how do you start narrowing it down to make smaller goals to help you reach these big aspirations? Well, I, I think there's a number of ways to break them down. And you could either look for a progression towards that goal, or you can look at different um, milestones along the way that signal that you're moving in the direction that you want to move. Now, your destination might not always, you know, people change their minds all the time about what's important to them. And there's nothing wrong with that. You have to adapt to that. And, and it's fine to be adaptable. I, I think the point is to just be moving towards some kind of goal at all times as much as possible. Yeah. And, and you can, you know, you mark off um, intermediate uh, stops along the way. So if, you're, if your goal is to, if your goal is to be president of the United States, um, you know, there are certain paths that will get you there. And I think we're seeing that there are a variety of paths. And um, perhaps one of those paths involves local politics. So, you know, you, you start local and you start making a name for yourself, I suppose, if that's what you need to do in order to become well enough known to be the president of the United States after some time. Might, you know, there, are, there are political stops along the way. Maybe you want to be a senator, state senator first, then, you know, and then just move on through the ranks and you can set goals for yourself along those lines. And of course, that's just an example. Not everybody listening, not everybody listening is going to be president, maybe a few. So, you know, whether you want to um, be the head of a nonprofit organization, uh, you want to start your own, right? Uh, Maybe there's a cause that's important to you. And, you know, the milestones along the way are just finding different ways to be effective in that particular field until you get to the point where you're ready to lead your own organization. Yeah, and I think that that's uh, a good point is starting big and, and just sort of finding those milestones along the way uh, and and then acknowledging when you reach those milestones or right. acknowledging when you do a good job. I, the other day, I had to frantically find somebody for someone to interview on TV and it felt really good. I was having a really good time because you feel <laughs> good when you accomplish something. And so being able to take a step back and say, okay, I've made this accomplishment along my you know, toward my goal, uh, take a few minutes to enjoy that so that you that'll keep you motivated. Because sometimes when you set these big aspirational goals, you also feel those big setbacks when you feel like you're not making that progress. Yeah, and I think uh, I think it's important also to to recognize, I mean, we've said this throughout the podcast episode already, that 
your goals can change. And just because you feel strongly about one thing today doesn't mean you might change your mind and feel strongly about something else another day. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we, again, turning back to politics, we seem to hate this idea that politicians can change their minds over time and, uh, you know, perhaps learn new information and become, you know, more sensitive to certain things as they've learned more about it. And people's, people's approaches and people's goals change all the time. And I don't, I, I think, we shouldn't beat ourselves up for that. We should find ways to just adapt and change our goals, even if it means rewriting the 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 path of our lives that we're taking. Oh, I'm totally with you there, and I I think that's a very good point. A lot of the time, honestly, because we are we I. I believe that we should be making progress as people. We should be improving ourselves. And sometimes that does mean reevaluating the things that we believed before or the things that we thought were important before. And one of the things that actually does scare me, going back to your favorite subject of politics, um, one of the things that does scare me is when I look at a politician whose views and ideas are exactly the same today as they were 10 or 20 years ago, that actually scares me more than a politician who has said, okay, I am responding to the changes in my constituency. I am responding to the new information I am learning. I am being a thoughtful person and assimilating things that happen in life and moving my position. I think as humans, we should all be doing that. We should all be assimilating information and moving our position. Yeah, we we have to be open. We have to be open to ideas. We have to be open to what people are telling us and what the universe is telling us and being willing to change our minds. And that includes our goals. There's just, uh, you know, from my own life, I, I started off being absolutely sure of what I wanted to do with my life. And I went to college with that goal in mind. And about three quarters of the way through college, I felt, you know what, there are certain things about this that I don't like as much as I thought I'd like. And, you know, we're so afraid of giving up. And we feel that if we change our mind, we're giving up. And that's just not the case. I mean, people, people change their minds about their lives all the time. And it's okay. So I changed my course slightly. And I I tried to do, um, I, I looked into some other things uh, that I was studying. I got a minor that was different than my major. And I didn't necessarily pursue teaching as full force as someone else might after they after they graduated college. And, and life has worked out pretty well for me. So um, even though I am not, you know, if, if I had stayed on that path, I'd probably still be a music teacher today. And instead, I've done some, you know, that would that would be a great thing to do. Don't get me wrong. Um, however, it didn't feel right for me. And so I've done lots of other um, things that, you know, are, are relatively impressive. And or the, the bottom line is they're very satisfying to me. So I'm pretty happy with the way things turned out. And if I had solely focused on the one goal I set for myself when I was younger than 18, I'd probably be in a different place right now. And um, would I be happy? Probably, probably not, because you know, throughout my life, I decided that that wasn't what I wanted to pursue. That's a really good point. And I think if you're getting ready to set goals, what are some of the things you can do now to start getting ready well, to set I, those goals? Yeah, I, I think yeah. it's looking at your future. Uh, who do you want, you know, the future you to be? What do you want to look back on your life and say, yes, 
I did a good job with this. Yes, I had a strong impact in a community, the world, family, whatever it happens to be. Um, what kind of impacts are those that you w- would be proud of? And of course, it's impossible to tell the future. We don't know if those things are things that will really make us happy when we're evaluating our life when, you know, four or five, six decades from now. So you just make the best guess, really. (laughs) I think one of the things you can do now to help you evaluate your life and figure it out is to, we talk about this a lot because, but I like the tool. It's, I'm all about Mm -hmm. using the life map. Like it changed my life. It seriously did. And I think sitting down and saying, I'm going to take a half an hour or an hour and, and do this life map. I did it on a three hour plane flight, but (laughs) I, I just, sitting down now and saying, let's make a life map to help you evaluate what you want things to look like is one of the biggest things you can do as you start setting goals. Yeah. And a lot of times when you, when you sit down and write the life map, it kind of assumes that everything's, you've already thought about things and you have some ideas already. A lot of people are starting, you know, they're, they're coming into this, they realize I need to make a goal for my life and they have no idea where to, they have no idea what, you know, what they're passionate about or what they want to do. So I think you may, even before you start a life map, you may just have to go out and try different things and be open to kind of things that come your way. And don't be afraid of trying new things and seeing what is really interesting to you. Now you may be, you know, you may have decided at a young age what you want to pursue for your life and your career, and that's fine. Um, but you know, maybe there's there are other things out there, other things that are important to you. And I, th- I think, uh, I think it can take some time before you even recognize what some of those are. Um, you you can't just come out of high school knowing exactly what you want to contribute to the world. I think it I think it takes some time. And uh, certainly, a life map has helped me. It's helped Miranda. I think we both did those at a point in our life where we had already tried things and we kind of knew where we wanted to go and we had lots of things to put down in the map and lots of lines to draw between the different things. Not everybody's going to be in that situation immediately. You just have to try different things and and see what really speaks to you. Some people don't find their passion until they're 40, 50, 60 um, and that's, that's okay. You just have to be okay with that. Um, but there's no point in not looking for it now. Yeah, and, and once you have that down, whether it's a life map or a list of things you want to try or, or anything that you're doing, I, I think your next step is to think about what will it take to get there? What actions do you need to take? Um, this can help you set your goals. If, if you can say, okay, well, what might it take to get there if your goal, like we talked about earlier, if your goal is to be president of the United States, well, you don't just wake up one day and be president of the United States. So you do need to figure out what it'll take to get there. What are some of the steps you need to take? I think, and, and sometimes those steps just sort of fall on you. I knew when I got to Idaho Falls, I knew I wanted to be involved in the community, but I wasn't sure what that would look like. And so I tried some things like Harlan talked about. And I joined the Chamber of Commerce. I started going to meetings for the local political part, one of the local political parties. And then I sat down and said, okay, so when I'm involved in these activities, what are some of the things that will help me get to the point where I can make a real difference in my community? So I sat down, I said, well, I will volunteer my time 
to do social media for the the political organization. And in a couple years, uh, that will lead to a stepping stone where I'll have a leadership position. You know, I'll get to know people. I need to get to know people. Uh, and then I can have a leadership position and start making some policy and making some changes. And I, I kind of sat down and figured that out. And with the chamber, I, I thought, well, I, I want to be involved in helping young professionals develop themselves. And so one of the things I was like, well, the first thing I need to do is go to the young professional meetings. Uh, the next thing I want to do is talk to somebody about maybe sitting on the board and, and figuring out, you know, of, of the organization and figuring out how I can be involved in those decision making processes. And, and so sitting down and saying, okay, here are some of the things that I can do, the actions I can take to move forward, I think is, is a helpful thing you can do as well. Right. And I think uh, you also want to take a look at how realistic your goals are. And is it, is it something that you can achieve? Not, not everybody is cut out to be president of the United States. I mean, your parents will tell you you can be what not. It, your parents can tell you you can be whatever you want to be when you grow up. But I mean, the reality is that for some people, that is an unachievable goal. And you know, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but there are certain things that some people will just never do. I will never um, be an astronaut. Um, that's just something that's never going to happen. I'll I'll never solve an unsolvable mathematic equation. I, I love math, but I've just, I'd never pursued it and never really um, made it a goal. So that's not something that is, you know, looking at my life within the next 40 years or so, I don't think that's something I can achieve or want to achieve. I suppose if I really, really wanted it, I could start studying 24 hours a day and, and do something amazing. But it really isn't something that Given, given everything else in my life that's achievable. And so you have to think about how realistic these goals are and whether they work for you. And I think most of the time, if you're setting a goal, it will be something that is realistic for you. But sometimes, sometimes some things aren't. And I like that. And here we have a listener question. All right. Um, every time I set goals, I seem to fail. How can I stay on top of my goals and actually accomplish them? You grab that to read so that I would have to answer this. Ah, well, we can both answer it. Okay. But yeah, so I think one of the things uh, that you have to get back to with this goal setting is first go back to, is this a goal that's actually really important to you? I think a lot of the time we set goals that we're supposed to set. I know that early on in my life, earlier in my life, I had a script uh, related to how my life was supposed to go based on my upbringing and um, my religion and a bunch of other things. And so there was a script of things I was supposed to do. And most of my goals in life at that point in, in time uh, revolved around this script that I didn't actually like. So your first thing is, is if you keep setting goals that you're failing at, step back and ask yourself, well, why are you setting these specific goals? What is the purpose of these goals you're setting? Because I've been accomplishing a lot more of my goals now that they're things that I actually care about. And back back in the day, back when I was 22 years old, and I had these different goals of what I thought I wanted to do, I didn't even think I really wanted to do them. They were just stuff that I felt I had to do. And the script that I had to follow and back, I was setting those goals, but I was constantly failing at them. I was failing at being a good cook. I, I set this goal. I'm going to be a great cook. I hate cooking. I don't like cooking. 
That's why I have Blue Apron. It just tells me what... That's, that's why I have a son who cooks. <laughs> he cooks. He <laughs> I likes... I going to say, I have Blue Apron, and I've, I'm actually becoming a better cook because of it. Yeah, and, I, and I'm, I'm still the same cook I always was. It's just now I have a step-by-step thing that makes it bearable for me. And <laughs> my son loves cooking, and it's great, and, and it helps him, and he, he helps with dinner a lot. But the bottom line is, is when I was younger, I thought, well, here are the goals that I need to set, or I need to be a better cook. Uh, I need to be better about doing laundry. I mean, you know, or or I need to do X, Y, and Z as far as I, I need to teach my son piano. I need to teach my son swimming uh, because I am capable of doing these things. And as a good mother, I am not supposed to pay someone else to do something that I could do. There are a lot of these things that I did because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. And I think if you find, and I failed at all those goals, I, I failed at those things because, well, one, they were probably too specific, and two, they just were not things I cared about or were passionate about or were even interested in. I was doing them because I felt I had to. So take a step back and say, well, is this a goal I'm doing because I actually want to and the outcome is going to help me move forward with my life? Or am I doing this because someone else told me I'm supposed to do it? Yeah, I think the bottom line is that if you are consistently failing at your goals, it's not because you're failing, you're not a failure. It's because these are the wrong goals and you keep setting the wrong goals. So why are you setting the wrong goals? And it could be it could be the the script, it could be other people's expectations for you that have no relevancy on or no rele- relevance to your life the way you want to live it. And I think the more you look at your life from the top down, and set goals that are related to that, you're going to find that you're succeeding at your goals. As long as you keep them, you know, relevant and uh, attainable. Not to go back to part of the SMART equation. Look but, at you. But yeah, I mean, you, you, it's, it's important to have goals that you're going to achieve um, uh, that are a stretch, but you're going to achieve them. If, if you consistently miss your targets then you're setting the wrong targets and you have to look at why those targets are what they are and challenging some of those assumptions so that you can go forward and achieve uh, intermediary goals so you can make your big goals at the end. Yeah. And I think that's a, a really good point is, are you making the wrong goals? And stop and think about that. All right. Well, thank you for joining us this week. Tell us about your goals. Um, Have any goals changed your life? Come to visit us on the adulting community on Facebook. Find us there. Tell us about the goals that you've set and uh, leave us some questions. Leave us some feedback. Come to adulting.tv. Subscribe to our podcast and uh, listen to us in iTunes. And that's it for today. So join us next time. Thank you for listening to Adulting. Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv.